Now we're turning to the uh, Gospel according to John. We're turning to the Gospel according to John, chapter 19. And you've been very good and faithful in the past Sunday nights. And uh, There's no tea tonight, by the way, and we'll have the meeting, as I say, over early, and we uh, appreciate you listening to the Word of God. John's Gospel, chapter 19, and I want you to glance your eyes on the verse 30. John 19 and verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And we know that God will bless this solemn reading of his word. The Lord Jesus cried with a loud voice three times. This was one of them. And on this cry with a loud voice, he cried just one word in the Greek, tetelestai, finished. And here it is recorded, it is finished. Now, I'm sure that I'm speaking to even the youngest tonight, and you have heard that that's one of the seven sayings of the cross. This is the sixth saying, the one, the penultimate one, the one before the last. But I wonder, do you ever consider, do you ever think, what did he mean when he said, it is finished? What was he saying was finished. Well, there's one sure certain thing. He didn't say, I am finished. That wee letter T. Boy, you can play on that wee letter T. Because that wee letter T means all the difference. He didn't say, I am finished. The devil and all the demons and all the emissaries and all the powers of hell and darkness that you and I know little about tonight thought he was finished. And ever since God, in the way back in the Garden of Eden, told Satan that he'd bruise that Satan would bruise his heel and he would bruise Satan's head. All the powers of hell were after And Satan came after the Lord so many different ways to try to destroy him. He came with the venom of the serpent, the roar of the lion, the kiss of Judas. And starting with Abel, He slew seed after seed after seed, targeting always the seed of the woman, Mary. And he kept targeting the seed. And during his earthly ministry, 
and before his earthly ministry. Through Herod as a child, he tried to destroy him, destroying all the two-year-olds, getting at, trying to get at the seed. Then during his earthly ministry, he just commenced to, pe- to, to preach and the powers of hell threw him over a cliff at Nazareth. Tried to drown him in the Galilee. Tried to throw him off the, get him to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. And then crucify him at Golgotha. But he wasn't finished. <laughs> but not only the devil thought he was finished, Herod thought it, Pilate thought it, the Pharisees thought it, the scribes thought it, the Sanhedrin thought it, and even his disciples didn't really believe that he would rise again. Because the two on the Emmaus Road on that resurrection day, remember they walked away with their backs away from Jerusalem. And they're walking down the road to Emmaus and they're sad and they're downcasted and they're defeated. And he drew near and went with them and didn't identify himself. And they were speaking in the past tense for they were saying one to another, we thought it would be him that would set us free from the Roman bondage. We thought it would be him, but it's not him. He's dead, and he's buried, and that's it, and it's all over. Glory to God, it's not all over. They took him off the cross, and they buried him. My friend, listen, if he would have lay in that tomb like Buddha, Karl Marx, or Brahma, or Joseph Smith, or, or, or Allah, or Muhammad, or any of the rest of them, if he'd have lay there, he would have been finished, and it would have been all been over, and we'd all be in hell. For Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead are raised not, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is in vain, and you're still in your sins, and you're of all men and women most miserable. I want to tell you tonight, I'm not miserable. Because I have a living Savior that lives within my heart for 49 years. And I am not miserable tonight. I have a hope that beats within my breast that Jesus Christ is alive and that he came one day and took away my sin and set me gloriously free. I've never doubted it ever. Glory to his name. He wasn't finished. Now, what did he mean, was finished? Well, his service and his ministry on earth was finished. It was short. Three and a half years, from early morning to late night. Sometimes all night. His motto was always, the king's business requires haste. In John's Gospel, chapter 9, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night's coming when no man can work. 
And whether it was wrestling all night on the Mount of Olive, or healing the sick or the blind or the lame or raising the dead or calming the storm, he could say at the end of it all in John 17, in that high priestly prayer, I have finished the work that thou, Father, has given me to do. And I must say tonight that my soul's passion and burden is that I might finish the work that God has given me to do. Do you ever feel like that? Oh, you may say to me tonight, well, I have no work to do. Oh, yes, you have. Because whenever God saved you, if you're saved tonight, whenever God saved you, he gifted you in some way or another. There's not a man, he's a woman, he doesn't save, but he doesn't give a gift of some kind. Maybe not up here. They're too a penny. But when the Lord saved you, he gave you a gift, and he has given you a calling, and he has given you a job, and you need to find out what it is, and you need to do it, and you need to finish it well. Because you'll be judged on it at the end of the day. Whatever your ambition, whatever your goal is in life, do it. Do it well. Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. I tell you, this is a great work to be in, the work of God. It's the only work to be in. If your task is to bring up your children, bring them up well. Whether you're a farmer or a joiner or a mechanic or a banker or a businessman or a teacher or a pensioner, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, serve the living Christ when you can in this day of grace. It says in Proverbs, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. This one thing I do. Some of you have read often the writings of Vance Havner, that great man of God from North Carolina. Well, when Vance Havner was just a young fella, he was just out of college and he was driving along in the train, riding along in the train one day and this man with a big beard was sitting in front of him, big solemn face on him. And if you ever seen a picture of him, that's just exactly how he'd say it. His name was Ore Torre, the great Ore Torre. And uh, he got into chat with Torre and... Tory looked at him and said to him, he says, what are you doing, young man, now that you're, you say you're finished calling? Well, he says, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm thinking of doing this other thing. And Tory looked him straight in the whole steely eyes. He looked at him, he says, son, do one thing, and do it well. And do it well. And that's what the Lord expects us to do. Oh, may God help us to be able to say, like Paul, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. It's a good fight. It's a hard fight. It's a disthankful fight at times. But it's a victorious fight. We're to occupy till he come. Now, his service on earth was finished for three and a half years, and uh, he did the Father's will and all that he expected him to do in those days. Secondly, 
His suffering was finished. Mind you, there's no man suffered like he did. And what you can write over this heading is this, no more. No more. And you know what I was penning this in my heart the other day? I must say that I was moved. No more sweatings at Gethsemane. No more bludgeonings at Gabbatha. No more spikings at Golgotha. No more framed by Satan. No more flogged by men. No more forsaken by God. No more going down into the depths where there was no standing. No more being lifted up onto the cross. No more having his back smitten like a ploughed field. No more having the hairs plucked from his cheek. No more with the crown of thorns battered down on his brow. No more. No more strippings. No more spittings. No more scourgings. Finished! Finished. With a loud voice he cried, Finished! They'll never lay their filthy hands upon him again. They'll never put a blindfold round him again and march round him with their closed fist and play the king game with him. And many he did it for you. And they put this blindfold on him and they marched round him some of them with rods and some of them with their closed fists and they would smite him and say, come on now, prophesy if you're supposed to be God. Prophesy who smote you. Which of us smote you? And then a boy would come in behind the back of the ear. Which, who done that? And they played the king game with him. And then they pulled the thing off him and they cleared their throats. And it says they spat upon him. Ah, it wasn't one of them that spat. They all spat on him. You ever anybody spit on you? I had a boy spit on my coat one day. And when he got out of my road, I had a... Ever anybody spit on your face? I had no more spitting. No more bludgeoning. No more playing the king game. No more stripping him. And stripping him naked. No more. It's finished. Finished. The second time Hebrews tells us he's he's going to come, it's not to deal with sin. Finished. With a loud voice he shouted, Boy, I'll tell you, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as he hung on the cross, the tongue cleaved to the roof of his mouth. Every bone in his body was out of joint. His his visage was marred more than any man. And I'm sure they're pulling people out of that awful disaster over there in Sri Lanka. I'm sure there's visage marred, but never marred like this man. No more. And when he cried, finished, with a loud voice. And the three times he cried with a loud voice, it always had to do with the resurrection from the dead. 
all had to do with the destroying of the devil's power over death. For I tell you that he stood at the grave of Lazarus. And we were talking this morning, David said, 800 years before he came the first time, David said, he shall not see corruption. How did David know that? Corruption sets in on the fourth day. Psalm 16. The Holy One shall not see corruption. David, away back in the hills of Judea, in the power of the Spirit, could say he'll not be corrupted. He rose the third day before corruption set in. Lazarus was corrupted. He was stinking. They said, he's stinking. Death stinks, let me tell you, wherever it is. And he stood at the grave of the Lazarus and Jesus wept. He didn't weep as Mary and Martha was weeping. Mary and Martha was weeping as you will weep and have wept over around the graveside of a loved one. Mary and Martha wept, of course they did, that lost their brother. Jesus didn't weep because he had died, so he's going to raise him again. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Because he could see Calvary. He could see the cross. He could see the suffering. He could see that the only way that death was, this death was going to be destroyed was through death on the cross. That's why he wept. Oh yes, he sang a hymn at the gates of Gethsemane. But he wept over the grave of Lazarus. My Saviour. And then he's going to shout again. And he shouts here. And he's, and he's going to burst the clouds some of these days with a shout. And the dead in Christ shall rise up. Destroying the devil's power again. I tell you, what a saviour this is. What a saviour. His serving was finished. His suffering was finished. The sacrifices were all finished. No more goats. No more lambs. No more heifers. No more calves. No more basins. No more lavers. No more altars or no more candles. It's finished. The word finished means to, in many places it's translated in different ways, made an end of, performed, accomplished, completed. That was the word used when someone went in to a merchant to pay a bill. And when they went in to pay their bill for their money and handed over the money, the merchant took a stamp and he stamped it, Tabalestai, finished! Never have to be paid again. <laughs> this man, when he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, it's finished. No more sacrifices. All the pictures, all the parallels, all the types, and all the shadows are all over. They've all culminated in one place, and that place is Calvary. 
It's finished. The sacrifice is finished. Oh, my dear Catholic friend, it's finished. We don't have to put him on the cross ever again. Oh, there's some wee children done something at the back and these lovely things here, if you look at them, tomb there with the folded clothes. And there's wee children there at the back there. The cross, the cross was empty. And the tomb's open. I'll tell you, there's no hinges on the stone. There's no hinges on the tomb. It's finished. The sacrifice is over. One sacrifice forever. And he sat down. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. It's over. And sin is finished. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself when he had by himself purged our sins. And he didn't need the help of Mary to do it. When he had by himself purged our sins. He didn't need the help of any church or any man or any creed or any denomination to do it. Stop adding to it and stop taking away from it. Just believe it if you're not saved tonight. It's finished. It was finished. Was his cry. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. What a load. The sin of the world. Boy, my sins on my sins on their own were laid on him. Our sister prayed in the prayer meeting then, if it would have only been my sins, he would have still died. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. What a load. What a lamb. What a look. Behold. Look away at him tonight, will you, sinner? Maybe you come into this meeting just as we come in on the last day of May, 1970. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. Don't be trying to buy it or pay for it. Just look away by faith. Well, there's nothing you can do when it's all done. Not by your works of righteousness, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And as we come to a close, service was finished, his suffering was finished, sacrifice was finished, sin was finished. Salvation was finished, paid for, performed, accomplished. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven. No church, no creed. 
No baptism, no confirmation. No, no, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Redemption's price is paid. The law's demands performed. Atonement is perfected. And last of all, Satan is finished. Now listen. Writer to the Hebrews says, Through death he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. It took death to destroy death. It took the same weapon to destroy it. It took the death of the holy, sinless Son of God on Calvary's cross to destroy the work of the devil. He was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And when he cried, finished, Satan was finished. Now hold on. Defeated but not vanquished. And that's different. But as he cried, finished on the cross of Calvary, Paul says he delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And A.W. Pink says, make sure you treat him as a defeated foe. Make sure you tell the devil he's a defeated foe. Defeated but not vanquished. But he's going to be vanquished one day. But he's defeated and he knows it and he's afraid and he knows that he's going to burn and he's going to turn and turn in hell forever. He knows it and all his demons know it and he's going about walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour for he knows his time is short. But do you believe her when you're on your knees in the morning tell him he's a defeated foe. Don't be afraid to talk to him. He's a defeated foe and he knows it and he can't touch your salvation. Nor he cannot touch you until the Lord allows it. Nobody letting him threaten you and whisper things in your ears for he's a liar and the father of lies and I tell him it every day. And a murderer from the beginning. But I'm telling you, Paul tells us in Romans that the God of peace will come shortly and bruise Satan under his feet and cast him in. And that's where we were last Sunday night. Cast him in to the eternal lake of fire. He's always under the Savior's feet. He's exalted high. This is why the resurrection is such a mighty truth. He's exalted high at the right hand of the Father tonight. And, he's, and the devil and all his demons are the prince of the powers of the air up there somewhere, but they're under his feet. And whenever he comes to the air to take his church home, he will come to the earth in the person of the Antichrist. And he'll still be under his feet. He's always under his feet. And when he comes to the earth, as we were looking at last Sunday night, 
When he comes shortly to bruise Satan under his feet, he'll put him down into the pit, into the lake of fire. He'll always be under his feet. So you have no fear tonight whatsoever. He's a defeated foe. Can I say this in closing? And I'm finished now. There's one thing or things that will never be finished. There are things that there is no end to. Oh, my dear sinner tonight, if you're not saved, you can smile and laugh and put on a show and do all you, but you know yourself. You have them or you haven't. But let me tell you something that will never finish. The fires of hell will never go out. They're eternal flames. Nobody will ever cry out of hell, it's finished. Your memory will never end. If you die in your sins, like the Luke 16, the man in the sin, he could remember everything. And you'll remember meetings like this, and gospel tracts, and Brexit meetings, and all the rest. You'll remember them all. But your memory will never end. Because it says, it says the worm dieth not, the conscience. Fire will never end, your memory will never end, your thirst will never end. Boy, there came a fellow up to me one day, and he was a beggar, he was a drunkard. It was in the city of Galway, and he came and he caught me with the coat, and he said, give me, give me money for a drink, give me, give me a few pounds for a wee of a drink. And he held on to me and he cried, God help. Do you know that man drops into hell as the way he is? He'll still have that thirst. He's not going to get a new body. And you die lost, and I'll tell you, lost out through eternity. I thirst. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. I'm tormented. That's not the body. You can't torment the body. Don't get the body and the mind mixed up. How can you torment his body? The rich man, they buried him, sure. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes and torment the mind. Pain will never end, torments will never end, thirst will never end, weeping will never end, and wailing will never end. Jesus says there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And we preach like this, my friend, for you, sinner, that there's a resurrected living Christ tonight, and he's saying to you, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And let that word finished ring in your ears all night and all day tomorrow and all week. 
It's all over. It's all finished. Just come and accept what he offers tonight. And that's eternal life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for help given. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the lovely Lord Jesus that took time to save us, to keep meetings open, that we'd get in to get saved, to keep the door open, Lord, that people would come in tonight up and down this dear privileged land of Ulster tonight. There's mission halls and gospels and places. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Someone was saying Ireland needs a saviour. They don't need a saviour. They have a saviour, but they'll not accept them. And so through that is. Lord, have mercy. And even tonight in this meeting, some man, some woman will trust the Christ as their saviour and go on their way rejoicing. Amen. Thank you for your attention. God bless you.